This is Mark. And this is Kenny. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. <laughs> this is the Like a Prayer Fade Out episode. Um, what else do we have to say about Like a Prayer? It really is a, a masterwork album. And I think um, what makes it essential, it is an essential Madonna release, is um, it doesn't, it's not attached to a time the way that a lot of Madonna albums are. And I was thinking a lot about the music that was happening in 1989. Um, I mean, Richard Marx's song, Right Here Waiting, remember that song? was considered the song of the summer of 1989. Just to kind of put music in context, um, Millie Vanilli and Paula Abdul straight up was was playing. Um, the, the, the sound of that time is really shocking. And um, when you look back at what was happening in 1989, and this album sounds nothing like any of that. Like a Prayer is Madonna writing finally after working with Nile Rodgers and lots of lots of influence from a lot of different um, label people is is has earned the right and is writing her own rules on how she wants to make a record and it's this huge success artistically commercially and um, has lasted the test of time I mean it's thirty years later and we're still talking about like a prayer and songs from it are still played on the radio and live and um, it's definitive in a lot of ways. But I 100% agree with you on all of that. I think as opposed to other albums later, this is her building and building and not an album where she's settling or trying to catch up. Also there, you know, as opposed to the other artists that you mentioned, this album is intention, like the intentions of the album and her intentionality as an artist are so strong, you know? Um, and that is unlike, that is what makes something a piece of art, like that an artist has a point of view and an intention. And when we think about Paula Abdul, like she doesn't have a point of view. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Millie Minnelli definitely well, didn't have fair, a point of view. To, to be fair to Paula Abdul, I mean, that was her debut record. I mean, the, there were no stakes for Paula Abdul other than can she sing, can she sing, no. can the choreographer from the Laker Girls sing? And no. Though I do love Paula Abdul, but she can't sing. I mean, <laughs> I also think that um, this this kind of um, a, um, goal of creating pop music that's also art is really hard to do again. And I do feel like there are a lot of moments that come up in the next decade, certainly, where the albatross of Like a Prayer. Um, kind of hang over her. And I, I think this is something I wish she had been able to take more of from Prince, who had Purple Rain and 1999, these huge, huge albums, these statements, and yet wasn't really that interested in like, he didn't treat any of his following records like follow-ups. He just kind of veered where he needed to go. And I feel like a lot of times in the next decade, Madonna makes choices that are both creatively interesting and bold and unpredictable, but are also um, always hanging over the shadow of what she did in Like a Prayer because mm. it never quite is 
I would say maybe something like take a take a bow obviously is to come and take a bow is like her biggest longest running hit. I wouldn't call it her most successful song commercial or artistically certainly. And so um this was really this sweet spot of Madonna's commercial value reflecting also her artistic aspirations. And later, I think one or one or the other wins out more often than not. Either it's really creatively interesting and doesn't sell, or it's really um, commercial and slick and isn't as deep and creative and interesting and um, naked, I guess, vulnerably. Yeah, okay. I can see all of that. I was going to disagree with you because I don't know that this hangs over her head. I don't know that she thinks that way. I mean, we were about to jump into, you know, the one of the craziest follow-up albums ever yeah. um, after something major like this, you know, and that is sort of, you know, where she lives. But I, 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 I tend to think that it really is about... Um, authenticity and i would say the authenticity of this album mm. maybe maybe that part of it hangs over her head a lot because she's constantly trying to find that authenticity with other people but she doesn't it's not like she's really leaning in like meaning she's not she gets these deep relationships with like William Orbit we hear about and Mare Way we hear about later, you yeah. know, um, or when she's in the stu studio with Justin Timberlake, it's assumed that they all became friends, but, and they had deep moments and Pharrell made her cry, but like, there's nothing where we know that she's a hundred percent really there. Mm. It happens a few other times where we know the studio becomes her, her safe place. Um, yeah. And then there are other times where the studio is where she goes to make the music, like to get on with it, you know? Well, um, and the challenges of the, the challenges come later are um, Madonna has a, a million other things going on. She's either, you know, she's a mom and raising her kids and she's also doing the skincare line and she's building the gyms and she's shooting a movie. The or clothing she's going, line. The clothing line. There's all these other things. And so the music becomes another kind of like block of time in her day versus right now where she literally is doing nothing but making music and then she switches from this to the next thing. Um, 1989 was a, a was a work year. It was a nonstop work year for Madonna. And Madonna is as releases this album, does all the press for it. She shoots Bloodhounds for Broadway. That comes out. She's um, prepping and shooting Dick Tracy in the summer and fall, and starting to rehearse for the tour. So it's it's just a year of kind of like prep for 1990, which is going to be the hugest of huge years for Madonna. I mean, we thought 1985 was a crazy year. 1990 is a tremendous year for Madonna. And so I think what I love about Like a Prayer as well, and I think also what's made it so well-regarded is we did, and we've said this before, we did have almost a full year with these songs before she started going out on the road with them. And in fact, there was almost a new album ready to go by the time she hit the road with the show, with the Blonde Ambition tour behind this album. So you had time for the songs to attach themselves to you in a different context than with the ones that had videos aside, than she was going to provide in the tour. And I think that that is also what gives it its weight. Um, we should talk about the one B side. The like one. Her. This is the beginning of B sides of, yes. of real well, B sides. Well, there are a couple. There, there, there ain't yeah. no big deal. And you know, um, 
Uh, there are a couple other songs that have since surfaced in demo form. There's a song called Angels Without Faces that comes out. There's a, there's a, a couple of other um, demo songs. I think Like a Flower comes from this time in an early, early version before mm. it becomes the actual one that's on, that, that is demoed for Ray of Light. Um, but the song we're going to discuss is a song called Supernatural. Yes, it is. In every way that you say that this album is timeless, this song is about, is, it sounds so much like the late 80s. It sounds like all the cheap Madonna sounds. Like, I'm not even talking about the remix yet, which is also terrible. Um, yeah. And her vocals are so bad. Wow. It's bad? You're saying bad? Yeah. I mean, I can pull literally any part of that song and just, we, if you hear her vocals, it's like, it sounds like she did them in between a yawn and a stretch. Ridiculous. Okay. So this song, it is very different than anything else on the album. And I think had it been on Like a Prayer, it would have been like, what? But it would have worked in the kind of 180 head scratching way that Like a Prayer works. Um, it's a bizarre little like, um, but it, and it also kind of connects some of the more euphoric, joyful things on Like a Prayer to the, to the um, Paisley Park-esque um, Sounds of of love song and like a of an act of contrition. Um, it's a character song. She's not playing Madonna. She's some weird character, um, and uh, maybe kind of points the way to Breathless Mahoney. Is she kind of starting to play with like, oh well, we could write character songs from a character point of view. We, why um, don't you tell the story of the song? <laughs> what do you mean this? Oh, so um, what's her character going through in the song? Well, um. I think she's fall, falls in love with a ghost. I think that there's a ghost. She that wakes she, up, she, yeah. she has a dream and she wakes up and she has such a vivid um, sex dream about this person in her dream. She thinks it's real. And then um, she wants to keep having the dream. Um, however, there's a lot of really great lyrics in the song. Um, I wake up with your fragrance all over me. What cologne do you wear? And she also uses the phrase ray of light for the first time on this yes, song. Yes, she does. She does. Yeah. So, like, let's not dismiss it all the way. But she also talks about having a ghost baby. Yeah, she does. She does talk about having a ghost. <laughs> You're not demanding for a man that's really quite rare. You're not at least a, at least a little bit obsessed with your hair. I think that's uh -huh. even all the models she was dating at the it's time. It's a very Madonna lyric. Um, 
you know. It really could be also about a dog. I mean, she could have had a dog. It'd be like, you're never upset when I come home later than 10. For a dog, you're a really good friend. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I think she thinks she's being funny. Like this is yes. like the Madonna sense of humor. Um, yeah. and I, I Madonna kinda, doesn't have a sense of humor, by the way. Sure she does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Madonna tries to be funny, no, it, this is a serious conversation. Whenever yeah. Madonna tries to be funny, it 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 it's painful. It's yeah. painful. But she is funny. It's just not when she tries to be correct. Like, you know what I mean? Um, She's unintentionally yeah. funny. She's a humorous person. Yeah. So listen, you know this song. I didn't know um, in the original version for a long time, the, the way I encountered the song first was on uh, red hot and dance, yes. which was, uh, an AIDS benefit album, um, that had a lot of dance remixes on it. Like in 1991, I believe it came out. Yes, that's um, right. Like it was a nice little, um, you know, stopper between, um, you know, Vogue and all of the Immaculate Collection stuff and what was to come in 1992. So I think that that was also a reason to pay attention to it. Um, yeah. The original version is on is the B side to Cherish, which um, is kind of cute. I mean, I I don't know. Like I I I I like um, Supernatural more than I think Kenny does, just because I think it's it's weird and funny and. Um, I don't know. It's Madonna trying to be witty and cute. It's fun. You know, what's fun about it for me, and this is the only thing that's fun about it, is to hear, like, when she goes wrong. Like, in yeah. the sense that, like, it's not... It, it, it is a bad Madonna song. It's not, a ter it's not terrible. I mean, I do hate it because it's just so stupid and, like, I don't want to... I don't, I don't need it. But I also appreciate that it wasn't needed on the album and that they recognize that and that it becomes clear, you know, how discerning the sound of the album is because of this track, like as, as a sort of throwaway, you know? Well, and maybe that's the takeaway. Maybe that's the takeaway of this song is that she, they, the, her editing, their editing, their editorial work is spot on because I can't think really of a Madonna B-side that I'm like, God, what a, what a missed opportunity. I don't think there's any song of all the B-sides and all the lost songs that um, have surfaced that I'm like, God, that would have sounded great on the album. And I may be wrong, like, like as we go through this, but because there are more B-sides as we go along in the, there's a yeah. lot more leftover stuff. Yeah, some points there are whole other albums. Yeah. Um, um, I, my question for you is this, before we say, before we leave right, like a prayer is... Sadly. Sadly, if Mark there was some kind of terrible apocalypse, okay? And somebody came to you. This is, of course, this is going to happen. I mean, this is a realistic scenario I'm giving you. If somebody came to you and said, um, we are, we, you and like three other people are going to be able to go to outer space and survive the apocalypse. And we, we can bring some stuff, but not much. And from, and even though it's digital, we can only bring one song with us from like a prayer um, what song would you bring for the universe? Oh, man. Why did I know you were going to ask me this? 
like a prayer. I'd, I'd bring like a prayer. Yeah. I think that's the right choice. And we're back to the beginning. Till next time. Bye.